When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Let's get this started. A little Friday, a little Denver sports. What is up, everybody? And welcome into huh. the Denver sports podcast presented by Breckenridge Brewery. And in particular, the unofficial beer of fall weather in Colorado. Did you guys know that's what uh, the Avalanche Amber is? Unofficial uh, of beer of fall weather in Colorado. Yeah, well, the same way that Strawberry Sky, Stra- Strawberry Sky is the unofficial beer of summer. There you go. Right. The Peach Palisade is the unofficial beer of spring. There you go. I like that. Is that what it is? So what are we oh, missing here? Man. So we got Win- summer, winter. spring. What's the oh, official I think, beer it's, I think it's the vanilla Porter Jr. You got to have a dark beer in the dark winter. Dark beer for the, for the fireplace. Yeah, yeah dark beer go. for the fireplace. For we a second in the NFL draft, we thought the Broncos would draft a Porter Jr. Really? And that was, you know. Oh, Joey. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> we, we were, we were. Could you imagine all the Porter Juniors in this town? That I think would be it'd be incredible. It would be incredible. I would be confused. Can you imagine if there was like a great <laughs> hockey way na- hockey player named Elway? Yeah, that'd be. Would you be like just a little more inclined to root for a guy, mm-hmm. if it, or less? Maybe I don't know. I just think it'd be a little bit weird. We're not talking about that today, though. Okay, We're gonna do in segment one. We're talking Nuggets, who are tonight facing the Phoenix Suns in Game Three. I don't feel like it is a pivotal game. But it can be pivotal because if they win it, man, it sets up the greatest right. story of the year in Denver sports. Um, we're also going to talk about the Avalanche and kind of where do they go from here? What happened to the season? We're going to get AJ's perspective on that. And then later in the show, I've got a bunch of really fun questions that we're going to go through that are somewhat inspired by current events, but we're going to talk about them more historically. And to help me do that, I got the homies along with me. Hat back. Uh, I got Andre Simone. You know it. You know it. Real pleasure, Adam. Finally get to talk some nuggets. Pretty Finally. hyped about these yeah. nuggies. Yeah. I mean, 
mid-season, a little Euro preview of Italy-Serbia. <laughs> I told you I thought the rookies would be the breakouts. CB proving me right. I love, I love the guy that comes in right away and is like, I don't know if you guys remember, but last time I was here, I predicted the future. That's right. My exactly. guy Dre is going to remind you. And then, of course, from our ass beat, it's AJ Hayfley. Do you guys remember when I was on the Nuggets draft show? <laughs> <laughs> Did you tell us Christian Brown was going to be awesome? And I told you he was going to be a, like a rotation guy and that he was just at least going to fit in. I love it. Okay, so maybe we just turned this into a Christian Brown podcast well, we today. Should. Since yes. We have some, uh, yes. some people seeing the future. No, I mean, best revenge game of my life involved Kansas. We're going to get did to not involve Christian Brown, but involved Kansas. We'll get to that. We'll get to that in segment three. But I do want to start by just kind of giving some. I know that this audience, our hope is that it pulls in people from some different beats. So maybe you aren't totally plugged into what's going on with the Nuggets. So I'll give you a quick rundown. The Nuggets have been injured for two years. They got their guys back, namely Jamal Murray, but also Michael Porter Jr. They got the number one seed in the Western Conference for the first time in their entire NBA franchise history, which is crazy, 46 years. They finally get the number one seed. Um, They win the first round, so they limped into the playoffs because they were ahead by so much, kind of like the Avs last year. They limped into the playoffs, and some people thought, this isn't a championship team. Smacked the Wolves in round one. Then you go up against this Phoenix Sun team that had, that got Kevin Durant in a trade midseason, really more towards the end of the season. They have Shit. Devin Booker. They went to the NBA Finals two years ago. They were their favorites to go back to the Finals last year before bowing out in the second mm-hmm. round, kind of a surprise upset. So going into this game, Denver, being the one seed, with a two-time MVP, was an underdog to the Phoenix Suns. It felt a little disrespectful. Insane. Nuggets also lost to the Suns two years ago in a sweep in a humiliating fashion. Ooh. Got blown out by the Phoenix Suns. Yeah. So this felt like a little bit of a revenge series. First two games, Denver has absolutely... First game, they blew the doors off of them. A beatdown. Jamal Murray was transcendent. Game two was an ugly slugfest that somehow yeah. ended up with Denver covering the spread unbelievably. Or is it beating the spread, Dre? Help me out here. They were favored by two and a half. They won by ten. They covered the spread. They made it happen, yeah. Covered the spread. So it's been two very impressive wins. I'm going to start with you, AJ. So that's the overview for people that don't know. I know I had you on a month ago, and you were talking about you do buy the Nuggets. Yeah. Where are you in relation to that, though? Is, is your stock rising with the Nuggets? Is it right where you expect them? Yeah, I think it's really hard to not feel really optimistic about them right now. Game one was kind of what I thought the series overall was probably going to look like, where uh, it's two teams that when push comes to shove... They try and solve their problems with offense. Yeah. And that was going to be something that was very comfortable for the Nuggets. Right. Because that's what they do, and everybody has questioned their defense at every step of the entire season. And then I think that game two showed up, and everybody wanted to, you know, the whole, oh, all you have to do to beat Jokic is to make him score. You take away his playmaking. Make him make him score to beat you. Uh, and it turns out, one, he's capable of doing that. Uh, so cool narrative. Mm-hmm. And then two, they win a defensive struggle. They give up right. 14 yep. points in the fourth quarter. Something nobody thought they would be Ex- able to do. Exactly. So they win the exact style of game that everybody said they couldn't win against a team that everybody is hyping up to be the real true top dog out West after the KD trade. And so now you're up two nothing on them. You're going into their barn, and you know we'll we'll see. Right. Yep. But uh, I don't know how you feel anything but extremely optimistic about this Nuggets team, especially if they if they win Game Three and they set themselves up to have an even series. They get to just watch as war plays out on the other side of the bracket, knowing that they're going to get maybe a more compromised version of the team that comes out of it. 
because they don't have to go through that. Right. If they win, if they win game three and they go up three nothing, it sets themselves up for maybe a pretty quick exit out of round two, mm-hmm. and they get to just watch as all hell breaks loose between the Lakers and Warriors, and those teams scrap for the right to lose the next round. And by the way, I'm not sure it's like a good side, bad side of the bracket personally. I just the other side is battling each other, yeah. which to your point might lend to some right. rest. But Dre, what about you? Where are you at? You know, we all have confidence in the Nuggets series by series, but at a certain point that turns to like, man, they might actually be able to do this. Are you there yet? Or are you still kind of like they're looking good enough to get past this round? I'm there yet and still guard myself. Okay. Because I've had very many moments in my life where I've just kind of felt like, man, I I don't think this team's ever going to do it. Right. Like right. I, I just think I'll live my whole life being a huge NBA and Nuggets fan and just right. never see my team go to the mountaintop. Um, Conference finals, baby. Yeah. Right. I mean, even even that's yeah. just insane. Uh, now, you know, we will have to face some demons, Warriors, Lakers. If you get there and finally go into the finals and whatever final matchup won't be easy. I just I can't not talk myself into this because I think they have the best player left in the playoffs, at least at full health, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> and um, and I, they just have this trump card of the efficiency of their half court offense, which in the playoffs is so key, just feels at another level from any of the other seven teams left in this postseason. So that gives me some real reassurance that this might just be the team to do the unthinkable. I hate how you hedged your best player take because I, I'm oh, curious. I mean, coward. You know, well, well coward. The, the one thing I'll <laughs> say, look, the Nuggets, I did have this realization yesterday where I'm like, in my mind, Denver has been so dominant over Phoenix that in my mind, I'm just kind of like, I hope they sweep. But if not, it'll be fine. Like I just in my head, I'm like, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I'm almost ahead of myself. Yeah. But I don't want to get there. But the one thing I'll say is that through two games, definitively, Nicole Jokic has been the best player in a series that features Devin Booker and Kevin Durant. And one game, Kevin Durant comes out and has 50 tonight to lead him to a win. I don't even know if that would pull him up to par for me right now with Jokic. It would be like, okay, he's coming back into the series mm-hmm. a little bit. But to me, that's kind of a meaningful thing. I always wanted to see Jokic outplayed Kawhi Leonard in a series when Kawhi Leonard was healthy in there. Obviously had Paul George as well. Outside of that, it's been Damian Lillard. You know, Spurs didn't really have some big, big names. Donovan Mitchell, who's a good player, but most people would have had Yoke ahead. So part of me is like, hey, this is kind of meaningful that I'm watching these two players go head to head. And one impacts every single possession on every play. And the other one has struggled with his shot, admittedly, but also just hasn't been the guy that you're like, oh my God, what's ha- what's he doing? What's he doing? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm more interested in what Jokic is doing because it's louder at the moment. I mean, are you seeing the same thing here, AJ? And yeah. are you? do you feel like there's another player that might be better than him in a series ahead? Yeah, I mean, obviously, if you, you look down the road and you say if you get the Lakers and the Sixers, he's going to go, you know, going one-on-one against DeAndre Ayton is one thing, right? Right. Um, but going against Anthony Davis and, and Joel Embiid, Especially the year that he wins the MVP. Like I, come on. That's like, a great narrative. It's a great. It's a great story. You know, and Anthony Davis, I think, is kind of when he plays well because you watch him in this postseason, and when he's been good, the Lakers win pretty easily. Every other Davis, They're, right? And and right. The, he's a dominant player. And then when he's not, it's just like, well, he just kind of sucks, and now they lose. Right. Uh, and you don't ever really look at Jokic and and have that conversation about 
well, he was bad this game. Right. Like, even even his not great games in this postseason have come with caveats that, oh, well, the Nuggets still won. It's Game one, he was what? bad because he didn't make shots. He finished with 27, 19, and 5 or whatever right. it was. Right. right, and it was like... And dominated for, the clutch. For, for Jokic, it's inefficient, right. which, right. you know, I understand in this version of the NBA is death, but... It's uh, it's like he has one of those games every six months. Like, give right. me a break here. Oh, yeah. And, you know, going against Anthony Davis, going against Joel Embiid uh, in, in subsequent rounds, would it would be a lot more of a it's on him. You know, it, it's it's his matchup. You know, going against a team that has KD and Booker, great. It's not his matchup, though. You know, he's not right. he's not spending a lot of time one-on-one against those guys. It's it's it's. I think you look down that road, you see those two guys looming and it's, I do think it could be a little bit different and it's an opportunity for him. It would be an opportunity for him to forever bury all of the narratives uh, that I think probably cost him the MVP this year. Dre, one thing that's interesting though is the Nuggets are dominating right now. They're six and one in the playoffs so far. Somehow still underdogs. They were underdog in this series and then Lakers Warriors is getting historic ratings right now, rightfully yeah. so. Look, Lakers, sure. everybody knows they get ratings. They got LeBron James. Warriors have Steph Curry. They've won a right. bunch over the last right, right, decade. Right. I understand why the ratings are so high, but so much attention is on them that I feel like Denver could sweep this round and still be the footnote. And again, I think it's the perfect spot for the Nuggets. As much as we can like to complain and, and piss and moan about it, I kind of feel like Denver just constantly being under the radar is the best. Can I can I just further this point? Sure. Just as somebody who love loves consuming sports content yeah. every day, after game two, so all oh, of this it's been also, crazy, dude. All it's of been this crazy. talk, all Holy of this talk shit. about how the Nuggets can't win a defensive right. battle. Oh, it's that, been nuts. it's all about how they can't do this and. Jokic can't get it done in the playoffs. And oh. it's it's always been about what the Nuggets can't do. Yeah. And then they do something and nobody yep. talks about it. Because I went and looked. I went and looked. I'm one of like the 16 people left on earth that has a Sports Illustrated subscription. Really? And <laughs> true story. And it's because I it's Unlimited because articles. I am a, three I am, a month. I am a I am a voracious reader yeah. of sports content. I yeah. subscribe to everything where I can read sports. Yeah. Yep. Except the athletic, because those guys suck. <laughs> so <laughs> shots fired. It's it's like I they don't consume, have a Denver people. So I consume all of this content. And I went looking. To find a hype man in the national media yep. for the Nuggets. Yep. And guess what I found? Nothing. Amen. I found nothing. I yeah. found people who were like, this is pretty cool. This is, oh, wow, that was surprising. I found, I don't think the Suns can do this without Chris Paul. It was still through the lens of Phoenix. Right, right. And not through the lens of what Denver has done to put themselves in this position. And I think, for me, I thought that that was extremely telling. Because after both games of Philadelphia-Boston, there are all these grandiose think pieces that are coming out after each game where you're like, they don't even need, like, what's wrong with Boston? And Embiidless 76ers just smoked them. Right. And then Embiid comes back and Boston bodies them. And it's like, what's wrong with Philadelphia? Right. And you're just getting these wild takes. And then obviously, as you mentioned, Warriors-Lakers. But I tried. 
I tried to go out and get hyped on some national mm-hmm. content about the Nuggets. It's just not there. Winning a game that everybody spent all year being like, well, they can't win that game. The funniest. The defense doesn't exist. When, and pe- then when people timestamp their pod, there was one I saw that was like, we talk Warriors Lakers at 355. We talk 76ers Celtics at 2788. Uh, we talk Knicks Heat at 45, whatever. And then it's like, we talk Nuggets at 5830. It's an hour long pod. And you're like, hold on a second. Yeah. He started this with like, and it really is like, Nuggets Suns looks like it's over. Uh, this is big for KD, and here's kind of like, okay, I guess we're not going to talk about it, talk about it. But Dre, no, but seriously, under the radar though to me is like perfect, man. Oh, it's perfect. These are the Jokic Nuggets. Under the radar is what oh. they know, what they feel, and they will happily um, be the least talked about NBA champion. <laughs> this side of Toronto. I mean, I'm, I'm like worried about getting in my head of myself. He, he's over here already talking about the post championship coverage. I'm just saying, like, it's <laughs> that's who this team <laughs> is. That's who this team will always be. In some ways, we just need to embrace it. Because I'm like AJ. I, you know, obviously, I'm putting the post game on after that hype game, and I'm trying to listen to some national pods. Yeah, that have been just you know force feeding Suns talk this whole time. It's yeah. really like it's just like a footnote. Like ah, oh, yeah, we got it wrong on the Suns. Move on. When it's like I, you're just not seeing it with the Nuggets, but like this eight man rotation's the story. How good Jamal Murray's back is the story. How good they are, you know, and can play with MPJ's minutes is the story. Like it's there's so many amazing storylines with this Nuggets team, but they're just kind of getting ignored, and I think that's just fine. I, I tweeted out before the series started that I thought it was fascinating that the national narratives had put the Nuggets in the position where they were the underdog to the Suns, but because of Jokic's individual success during the regular season, they would be a disappointment if they lost in this yeah, round. Yeah, exactly. Yep. And it was like it it's was a lot like, of knots to tie in. Well, and it was <laughs> like it was like how how can you be two mu- these mutually exclusive things? At the same time, how can you exist in this universe? You put this team here, and the only way that they can break out of any of that is to just keep winning. Well, Dre, if we get into some analysis here, what do you need to see from the Nuggets still in the series or maybe in this playoffs? Are there some unchecked boxes in your opinion? No, I just think it's you know sustaining this level of play from the entire eight-man rotation. I think the big thing that we need to still uncover is how good can those kind of auxiliary players be on the road this is a big spot right. in phoenix you is know? michael porter auxiliary player to you does he is he in that were you thinking of him when you said no that? i think he's more of a core to me there's like a core four and then the others oh, you okay. know um so to me mike's part of that core four who who i i trust on the road you know i just think mike's hmm. wired like that where it's like whatever it doesn't matter what building we're in mike's gonna shoot his teammates are gonna trust him like he's gonna make them and but you know kcp cb Jeff Bruce. Green, Bruce, obviously. Yeah. How, can those guys keep raising their level? And then, I mean, the opponents will get tougher. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, as much as it's, I'm, I'm leaning into the national guys we just criticized. I do think like the Suns weren't as good as advertised. Right. I'd like to they see this. Looked, they haven't looked at it all yet. Right. Even in the first round. Right. So I, I need to see some <laughs> real tests, you know. Right. Um, and maybe these Nuggets are just too good and. Maybe they'll make everybody right, look right. bad. Right, right. Maybe they'll just feel like everyone's as good. I mean, as the, the Suns did win you know? in five. They just—it was an unimpressive five games. Right, right, right. Well, and, and just like with so many of their postseason series wins the last few years, right? Who's on? Who's who's not playing for the other team? AJ, not so many. Literally every single one. Yeah, every no, single one. It's a very weird thing, but every single series had was down one starter of the teams they beat. The two that weren't, 
Dallas, Milwaukee. The two that beat them. There's <laughs> something to it. But what about Crazy. you? For Let's go back to Nuggets here. Because I thought, for me, the easiest unchecked box is Jamal Murray. The guy looks like a superstar every other game. Yeah. To me, it's like, hey, at some point, he's either going to do this or not. And the Nuggets get away with it right now. Because to your point, I do think the Nuggets are a better team and have more pieces. Maybe that tracks all the way through. But I think at some point, you need a guy that shows up at least five out of seven, six out of seven. Mm-hmm. But right now, like... It's 50-50 what we get from Murray tonight, I feel. You need it. That can't continue. You have to have it. Yep. And Well, the combination but of Murray and MPJ, you, you can't, you can't it, do like, that again. 30-plus, or do you need him to be the like dog in that two-man pick and roll? No, I, mean, I, I think there's varying <laughs> levels of you need it. You, you, know? look at, you look at late game what Murray does running the offense you know, where he's, he's finding Jokic, and, right. and they're scoring right. still, and he's controlling things. Great. I don't care who scores it, man. Right, right. It right. doesn't matter to me. As long as you're running in an efficient offense, he could finish with zero points and right. zero shots and 25 assists for yep. all I care. Yep. I don't give a shit. It doesn't matter. It just does Running the offense matters. And if that's his job, if that's what for he's sure. going to do, for sure. do it. And if, you know, we've seen at, at their best, though, him running the offense is, just happens to include him occasionally going nuclear. Right, yeah, right. Absolutely. I wouldn't mind a few for nuclear experience explosions though and part of this is like i think murray one struggles with conditioning and i think he struggles with pressure like when not pressure as in the moment but pressure as in when guys get physical and into him i think he struggles he doesn't draw fouls at a good enough rate and he's not super quick to like punish that so to me that's what i want to see and tonight's going to be a great opportunity. I think that the Phoenix Suns will get a good whistle. I mean, they're they're due. Yeah, and they're, yeah, yeah. they're at home. Yeah. I think they'll get a good whistle. And I think that they'll be very physical with him. And I just want to see, like, man, go into that building and have an all-timer. Right. I mean, because they can do all that. But who are they doing with? with? You know, right. campaign and Okogie. Like, yeah. if you want to be Craig that guy, be you got to. Right. Right. And. Tory well. in Phoenix wouldn't be surprised if he was like three or six from three right. tonight. You they're know? gonna like, shoot better tonight. That's where the role players you expect to raise their level. Our role players might lower their level a little. Right. That'll even it out. That's where you need MPJ. That's where you need Jamal Murray um, to show up in a big way. But still, you need like three and a half games per series. You think that's it? Three and a half? Yeah, man. That's man. really all no. you need. I think you need five. Yep. I think you need five, and you might need six against certain matchups, man. I Here's the thing. this Consistency is the hardest thing to come by. Mm-hmm. But at a certain point, it's just you're either that or you're not. There's a lot of players that go yeah. off every yeah. three games. But a guy that can be consistent, like, no, man, you have to guard us every night of this. I mean, Jokic, every night. Mm-hmm. Oh, Murray wow. needs to be more or less every night. They're like, crap, man, we have to slow him down. We can't let him going. And right now, I just don't feel like that's it. So for me, that's a major box for them to check. And Murray can go a long way in this series. Because I promise you, if they go up against, well, if they go up against the Lakers, the matchup is for Murray. They're not going to have a lot of guys that can check him. I think they'll put they would put Jared Vanderbilt on him, right. which is very interesting. Right. Can't let that work, man. You can't. No, you're you right. can't let an out of position guy guard mm. you. There, you got to punish him. And Yoke's going to have a, a beast in Anthony Davis to handle. Right. That has to be a Murray series. If you go to the other side, you're going toe to toe with Steph Curry. Yep. yep. He's going to outplay you. He's has he's one of the guys mm. you could argue is the best player alive. But he can't be whatever he was in this game. Or Nuggets are losing by thirty. So this last one. So. Um, those are big boxes for well, me. Well, he's got to hunt Curry, make him work on the defensive end like have crazy to. in that kind of series. Yeah, you're ha- right. Have to be able to. Just real quickly, what's your prediction, AJ, for this series? Oh, man, you're going to make me predict the future? Yep. 
Uh, I think it's a gentleman's sweep. I think it's 5-1 or 4-1. I think that I think, sounds I think a five-game series is probably. Them losing Chris Paul to me, I'm very curious to see what happens because I think Denver is going to be able to figure out what their weaknesses are yeah. long term. Yeah. I mean, some of these are, your, are implied. Denver's going to have a game plan for, okay, where do they go? But I also think in this game, they're going to find some stuff in the tape when they go back and look at it and be like, this is where we're going to have to force the ball. This is what we're going to force them to do. And I think Denver can really put pressure on them in that way. But you get the win tonight, you might. <laughs> Odds of the sweep go skyrocketing. What's yeah, your prediction? Become huge. I think it's 5-1. I think they win game three, lose game four, and uh, take care of business in five. That yeah, sounds I, like I the I would have had it flipped. I would have had them losing game three. That's always the game that I think that the the two there, especially down 2-0. Oh, it's back against team, the A team is absolutely yeah. like monstrous hyped oh. up. A home crowd is going to be absolutely crazy. Uh, and if you can take them out of it early, great, but it's basketball. I'm very curious to see what it looks like tonight. I will say, in the Minnesota series, they went up 3-0, and I think they lost motivation just because yep. it's hard. You're yep. up 3-0, yep. it's hard to match yep. that energy, and they still almost won, went to overtime. I don't think if they get themselves in that scenario, I don't think that happens in Game 4. They got swept two years ago. Returning the favor to me would be all the motivation that group needs to be like, you know what? It'd be a lot cooler if we did. It'd be also the that ultimate power hyped. move of game four if Jokic got thrown out of that one, too. <laughs> <laughs> and they still sweep. Just as a little early. Yep. Maybe he get, maybe they're up so much that he can get thrown out at the end and just kind of wave to the crowd he on his way to the He can body slam campaign again. Yeah. It'll be great. So all I can think of when I see campaign is, look at that poor little guy. You know, he really got it last time. He really got it. <laughs> all right, let's take a break. On the other side, I want to talk about some abs. Where do they go from here? Uh, and get AJ's perspective on what exactly went, went wrong this season. It's Nuggets finals season, Nuggets playoff season. We're calling it, Adam. But it's also Illegal <laughs> Pete's beers on the patio season. That's right, that baby. That is Just a block away from the DMVR bar, you can get a house beer bucket for you and all the homies, the whole crew. Five refreshing 16-ounce beers for 15 bucks. Doesn't get much better than that. I'm a huge fan of outdoor drinking. I don't love drinking, but the outdoorness of it is just amazing. It's what I loved as a kid. I grew up in Italy, so I'm allowed to say that. And uh, you have an Italy pass? I got an Italy pass. I can talk about drinking as a kid. Oh, that's right. Soak but specifically up the sun. Out, outdoor drinking in Italy. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's where it's at. It's all indoor drinking legal. in Italy is is oh, for the birds. We have all great third grade memories. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I said a kid, not third grade. Um, get a loaded burrito. Get yourself. A beer bucket, a crisp beer on the patio at Illegal Pete's. You pick your location. We prefer ours on Koufax. It's your go-to spot for burritos, buddies, and beers. And of course, shout out to the homies at Game Time. If you've seen people from DMVR find ways to go to Nugs and Avs games last second, Throughout the entire playoffs, it's all been thank you to the Game Time app, which gives you the best deals on last-second tickets. Sadly, I know uh, I know of even a Phoenix Suns fan that found tickets to Game One. And Nuggets Nation, you made it so that they did not feel comfortable at the game. Great job, everyone! Just like Nuggets Nation, Game Time will take care of you with the best deals. And right now. Today on TDSP, we're giving away our game of the week to get at game time. 
Look, we could go we could go Rockies, you know. I mean, I just talked about I don't think we can. Outdoor drinking, you know. I don't they, know if we can go game of the week. You could appeal. For the game of the week for the Rockies, you just have to check the weather app. Oh, there you go. There you go. That's is that, the is that strategy. too mean for Denver Sports Podcast, <laughs> no, AJ? Think, is that too mean? I think frankly. I'm like, oh, look at that. 75. What a good Rockies <laughs> game that'll be. Unnecessary. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, so unnecessary. If it was a gentleman's sweep, though, go to game but, five. Game five at Ball Arena. Under 80 bucks, you can find tickets right now. That's because Den- I'm a, I'm Denver a knows. I'm a little know? offended, honestly, by these prices on Game Time app. I'm oh a little offended. They're yeah, a little lower than I, I where, want. Those where prices is that playoff spike? The the Avs had that playoff spike. The Nugs. AJ, would you be offended by like miss. the Avs playoffs tickets being like ridiculously low? <laughs> yeah, of course. You'd be like, what the hell, guys? Bump yeah. these prices up. I want these to be a thousand dollars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you you know, watching watching people think about taking out second mortgages yeah, last year just to be able to go so they could go to a Cup final game was hey, kind man. of kind of comical for me. Might be worth it. Might be worth it. All right. Download that like game time app, create an account, and use that code DMVR for $50 off your first purchase. Do it and get in on our game of the week. We're saying it. Game five. Nugs, game five against the Suns. Come in. Make more Suns fans feel um, like they don't belong while we eliminate them. Let's do it. All right. Let's talk some Avs now. Who um, A little bit of a disappointing year. Actually, I should say a fully disappointing year. Tons of mm-hmm. injuries. AJ, if you could just summarize quickly what you think went wrong with the Avs this year in their title defense. <sighs> Are you familiar with Sisyphus? Of course. That? They, the rock just kept rolling down? Yep. And it was just the universe. I mean, you thought that, you thought that once they got to the postseason, they were going to be relatively healthy just compared to regular season. And as this in, in a seven game series, they had a guy get hurt. You know, they, they, so they, it starts with ruling out of Landis Cog. He's not going to play in the postseason. has a whole press conference. The whole thing is incredibly depressing. Uh, game one, the abs have their lineup set. A guy gets hurt in warmups of game <laughs> one. Now he's out of lineup. Somebody else is in. Fine. It's your sixth defenseman. You're not ultra concerned about it. But it was just kind of a, once again, a thing that happened, right? Feel like an omen at the time? Uh, at the time, it was just kind of like, are you kidding with us? Right. And then now when you look back on it, you're like, yeah. Yeah. Game three, uh, Val Nichushkin isn't going to play. Well, what's going on with Val Nichushkin? Oh. He has left the team for personal reasons. Misses games three through seven. Man. Just gone. Kill McCarr gets suspended in game five. You know, you... Yeah. <laughs> Josh, know. Josh Manson gets hurt and misses the, the, the tail end of the series, which he, I say, gets hurt. He re-aggravated the same injury that he had been battling leading up to the start of the postseason. So he was never even 100%. And when you watched him play, it wasn't even that close to 100%. He might not have even been 60%. He was seriously compromised. And it just, it, the abs just were not built. And, and, and I would say no team in the NHL is built for that. Yeah. Just nobody, no team in sports of, of any sport is built to withstand that level of attrition. They were, uh, they were one of the very few teams since the stats started getting tracked back in 2000 
They were one of the only teams that ever had more than 450 man games lost and won their division. And that felt like a major accomplishment when they did it, but you're also like, hey, like you're you're worried about other things here. Like that's it's also a, not that cool of a record. It's one it's of those a, ones you don't want. It's no, a it's cool, a but, but winning the <laughs> winning the division is a thing that you care about. Yeah, yeah. you know, uh, and it just it felt like it felt like as the series with Seattle was going on, they couldn't get anything to go right. That nothing in game was going right, and there was no better encapsulation of that than Game Seven itself, where the Avs outplay the Kraken easily. By a wide, shooting them two I mean, to one through the wide, first two periods, wide yeah. margin. They outshoot them sixteen to six in the first period, and they get scored on it with an own goal that takes two deflections off two different Avs players and goes into its own into their own net. It's absurd. It's not, absurd as, what happened as a hockey dummy because this was true last year even of the Avs. I just feel like they always outshoot their opponents. Do they take worse shots? Is there? I, I understand that there's something to. Yeah, no, but but sometimes I watch it, but I'm like, man, they've got double the amount of shots. They didn't in this series. Um, pretty much whoever won the shot advantage won the game in that series until game seven. Yeah, Game seven was the only game in the series where one team clearly outplayed the other and lost the game. Mm. And that's just how hockey works sometimes. It's just how it goes. I mean, it's, right. it is what it is. You know, it's one of those things that this, it happens in hockey. Right. It's one of the things that makes hockey so great and so unpredictable is that randomness yeah. and yeah. luck are giant determining factors every single game. Yeah. yeah. They just things just happen in those games that are not true of of the other sports in general. Dre, how much are you watching Avs? It's a goal sport. Um, I mean, I watched the entire postseason. This was a tougher regular season to get into. It was kind of the like, injuries and Yeah, like oh, Tune in when we get going. And it was always like, man. So, you know, you'd watch the bigger divisional matchups and what have you. It was just, I think the last few years, that buildup from being, you know, I mean, the bottom dweller of the entire NHL to then being in the postseason and then actually being a division contender and then a contender out west and actually being disappointed with, you know, to finally winning it all to then this year was kind of just a... A letdown. I mean, as AJ's talking for a second, I thought, boy, there's almost some like Suns analogy and being more top heavy and relying on your stores. But then, I mean, so many things went wrong. It was just like comical. <laughs> they they finished like, the season with just a shade over $20 million of their lineup just not available to them. Right. Yeah, I mean, their captain well, being out the entire year, that's more similar to what the Nuggets went right, through the last yeah. two years with no Jamal. or It's MPJ, a lot more analogous, you know? uh, to, uh, analogous to that is that uh, they they just never really got a chance from the jump, you know. Right. Land, Landy was out right. from the first day of the of training camp, and it was like, well, you know, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see, and whatever, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But uh, they just never, it never once felt like they're here to defend their title. And I would say if they actually get healthy over the summer, and Landeskog, we get clarity on what's going to happen with Landeskog, whether that's he comes back next season or not, we don't know. He's deciding on treatment options right now. Hopefully we find out here pretty soon what he decides to do. But if that happens, Holly, I'll look out, man. Because well, that's where I wanted to go with this. Like, it's, it's extremely exciting still in Avalanche land. It's just hard right now because it felt like you never got out of first gear. Two right. guys don't make a team, but I do feel like Kale McCarr and Nathan McKinnon to me. I'm just always like, hey, something can happen. You have these guys. But right. what else? Like... 
kind of tell me the story on this team. Like, what are the big decision points now that go into the offseason? And can this team realistically be as good as they were? Yeah, as good as they were is going to be hard because the team that won the Stanley Cup was... Had they given a shit at all in the final 10 games, they could have had a top 10 regular season of all time and then gone 16 and four in the postseason. You would have been talking about yeah. one of the wire to wire greatest NHL yeah. teams ever. By the way, real quick, as an aside, Boston losing in the first round. Did they do the 73 win Warriors thing where they pressed too hard in the regular season for a record? Every single one of us, all the hockey diehards, had Boston losing before the wow. conference finals. All of us, because no team ever in the modern era has ever had that caliber of regular season and made a conference final. Really? That did, you just don't get to live like that in the hockey world. Let's, I don't want to spend too much time on that one. Bad things take happen to you when you okay. spend six months living large. And that's what happened to Boston. Their best player, one of their best players gets hurt in the first round and yeah. is, not, is not healthy throughout it. And they play an extremely talented team. That was lying dormant for most of the regular season. So yeah, it just, that was a, a, a gigantic upset, but not one, like most of them, all of the hockey homies that I see in chat right now will be like, yeah, we didn't pick Boston to go deep anyway. Interesting. That's interesting. Well, tell me, all right, what are the decision points for the Avs? So they need, they need, uh, they don't have a ton of money. Some of it will depend on Landeskog uh, because right. if they, if they get his money to spend, they obviously have seven extra million dollars to spend on players. But they will also need to replace him. You'd just rather have him. Okay. But they need a second line center. Like if me. you take the motion out of it real quick, yeah. the emotion of Landis Cog, you know that part. Would you rather have the seven million? No, oh, God, no. So he's significantly better than yes. the money. Whatever you'd replace. Whatever him with. you're gonna think you're gonna spend seven million dollars on in Come. free agency is not gonna be Gabe Landis Cog. Come. You would rather the the on ice play, the two way play, the goal scoring, all of. Every single thing that you looked at and said the abs lacked in round one is embodied by Gabe Landeskog. Well, the leadership. That I'm yeah, the I mean, leadership, you yeah. don't even get into that. Yeah, to the yeah, intangibles. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. So, so you need Landy. You, you, need, you need Landy. Okay. Um, but you need a 2C. You need a second-line center. JT Comfer was ill-fit for that job. If you're, a part of our, uh, if you're a part of our Discord channel, everybody likes to post the, the picture of when I said he was going to cost them a playoff series. I feel like I was correct. <laughs> Two points in seven games, and he got absolutely crushed every single night. He's the only he was he was deeply deeply negative player in that series. Yikes! Uh, in terms of shot metrics, not okay. plus minus. What are the chances of finding a two C? Good. They've got assets to do it. There's lots of different options. There's always teams that suck that are trying to talk themselves into different eras. Do you have an early name? That you like that's kind of your early horse where where i would like for them to start is in winnipeg with that floundering franchise which just happens to oh man you know, so, sorry babe <laughs> but uh <laughs> it just it just is he down voting the show <laughs> yeah, as we go like, oh no so he just got a down thumb it man. just oh, it just so happens sad. to be that they they need to blow it up and move on uh, they've got two pick one i don't care which one i don't have a strong feeling about which one um i would start there there's there's Ryan O'Reilly is going to be a free agent. You can bring him back for the feel-good story of the right. reunion and all these different things, but he would be a perfect fit there as well. The man who was traded originally for JT Comfer. Right? Yeah, correct. <laughs> we come yeah. full circle. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a, a name of somebody, Dre, that you were kind of like... I mean, I, I wish we could <laughs> redo the last year's free agency and try to give Kadri that kind of money, but that that's not how life works. Yeah, right? all this we should have kept Kadri stuff is just... It, it, it's, it's unrealistic. 
They oh, were, sure. They I were, mean, they were never going to give a, a 32-year-old player a seven-year contract. Yeah. That was never going to happen. It's why they're not going to trade for him in the offseason. It's, it's, it's done. If Kadri wanted to stay in Colorado, he could have. He could have. Right. They were they they had various four and five year deals that they had talked through that they could have maybe found some. He would have had to give up a ton of money, right? Yeah, it he, wasn't. He it, just played way too well that exactly, final I mean, year he, to warrant it at all. Exactly. Know? He just the whole Kadri thing is a, a total revisionist history and a complete misreading of absolutely everything about the reality of the salary cap. They were never going to keep him. Uh, under any realistic circumstance, it was not possible. They're not going to trade for him this summer. Uh, he has six years to go on that contract. I hear everything you're saying. I'm still going to hold out hope for it. Just <laughs> sometimes it's fun to be the dumb fan. That's like I don't know. I liked Kadri, and even if it doesn't make financial sense in, in the least, it is in, literally impossible. So good. I understand people because I can tell you're frustrated. I do this stuff too. Like Nuggets are going to lose Bruce Brown this year, and not because they don't want him, and not because they're cheap, because they literally can't bring him back. Yeah, but I also understand when fans are like, "Come on!" I'm like, "I know, man, I know." But literally, we can't. You want you want the guy to (laughs) you want the guy to love playing here so much that he's like, "Sure, I'll put I'll leave twenty million dollars." Well, yeah, yeah, and you're like. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Especially why in would you, the money's not the same. Why hockey. would you ask a guy to give up $20 million? Right. Like, it's not fair. He's earned that well, money. In the NBA, there's guys that have made four or five hundred million. And that's, you're like, 20, what are we right, doing right. here? And it happens. But in hockey, like, come on. You get, yeah. The money I mean, yeah. doesn't last also, as long. Those are big. contract years. Like, but Kadri, also, Bruce, they're having them. They no, have great seasons. They're kind of similar. Championship they're they're kind of similar. similar. Like, really what? firecracker type guys. I'm not. No. Why not? He's not accepting it. What? Kadri's a different tier of Tell, star, huh? Oh, is that why? Okay. Yeah, well, Kadri, I mean, they're just such different guys. Like, Bruce Bruce Brown is like your, like, see, the system works. Look at this guy. He's he's continuing to rise. And he's doing all these things. Also, Kadri was a top 10 pick and a top line center, and he was all like... Right. meaningfully different. Yeah, there. like yeah. way, way different paths to where yeah. they ended up being fan yeah. favorites. Uh, right. And, like, everybody remembers Kadri fondly because he didn't come back. If he came back and he had had oh. a 50... If he had a 55-point year this year and he scored 18 goals, everybody would have been losing their minds about how they made the wrong decision to keep him and how they needed to move on and they needed to recognize that he was old and he was never going to do that again and blah, 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 yeah, blah. But he gave us because some of my fan loyalty moments. is to the team and the team only. <laughs> yeah, that ultimately that is very true. All right, what else? Is there another... Yes, yeah, so it's just a 2C, like, starts with Landy and Val out. It really starts with, so Val will be back. His career's not in jeopardy. I'm not sure why this has been a talking point. I know that it's, well, well, we don't know where he is, so we're just filling in the blanks on our own. Um, He should be back. Uh, There shouldn't be anything keeping him long-term from returning to the team. Um, You know, life is life, and you never know how it's going to go. But he should be back. He should be okay. Um, Landis Landis Cog, to be determined, you need the 2C. And then after that, you have to rebuild your whole bottom six. But these are all, like... It's just not very hard to do. Um, yeah. Make good choices. Colorado has been absolutely nails at this over the last few years of finding the right depth pieces and and mixing and matching. And they've done a wonderful job of it. Um, you have to let JT Comfort go. He's going to make too much money in free agency. You can't afford to give that guy five and a half million dollars. Try and try and keep Evan Rodriguez around if you can. Just my personal, I okay. would love to keep him around yeah. and maybe play good. him in a more proper role next year as a middle six guy and not on your top line half the year. Right. 
Uh, you do that, and I think uh, you'll be pretty happy with the results. Are you optimistic these things happen in some form or fashion? Yeah, I feel great about the offseason. That, that, the front office has been extremely good over the last several years. Um, Arguably the best front and, office in all the major four sports. Well, and when, you, when, when people get upset about this front office and, oh, they need to fire McFarlane and this and that, you keep in mind that the team that just finished its season spent zero seconds on the ice together as the team that was built. The right. team that was built to defend the cup right. never once was healthy enough and got a chance to actually do so. So before before you think that firing people who built a champion a year before is the is the move, maybe consider that that those things are true. Well, wow. so uh, I it, it, if the front office hasn't earned at least one year of leeway after winning a Stanley Cup and three division titles in a row and a President's Trophy all within the last three seasons. Give me a break with this, man. What are we doing here? <laughs> Coming from being the worst team in hockey. Yeah, like yeah. they these are all the same guys who built this team, this organization yeah, from it's dead last. Yeah, it's but you insane. know what though, AJ? To Hold the top on, though, of the man. You know something? Steve Kerr, Greg Popovich, Danny Ainge. I hear fan bases complain about oh, everybody. Oh, like dude. Greg Popovich. Everyone, Steve Kerr. All, I can't believe they're not running more pick and roll. They're running this dumb system. Then they win the title next year with their dumb well, system. It just happens. Every fan base wants Belichick's to play. Belichick's under Bel fire Bel these Bel days. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. Can't figure out a quarterback. It was uh, just Brady. It like, doesn't matter what you've done for 20 years. couple losing seasons and like, it's, it's no wild. one cares. But that's man. sports. That's what makes it so, yeah, makes it so they fun. They haven't had that fall from grace, though. Of they fans. won the division with 465-man <laughs> games lost. Right. I cannot stress to you how rare that is. The Only fact happened. that the, you're talking about 5% of teams that have had that many man games lost in the last 23 years, 5% of teams make the postseason, not win their division, Just the, get make in. the postseason. No. For them to have won the division was a real accomplishment, and I will fight people to the death. <laughs> Uh, don't fight me. Let's take a little break here yeah. on the other side. My favorite part of the show. I've got some questions that are going to open up some debate. I can't wait. For Jog it. us down memory lane. I can't uh, and, wait. And, and I have one question in particular that AJ is going to completely uh, ignore. <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. I can't oh, wait. No. One, one he doesn't, he's not going to want to put brain power towards. I can't wait this for it. This is amazing. Please oh, no. tune in. Call, it, call in the, the wifey. This is going to be a fun second segment. But first... Enjoy a Breck Avalanche Ale. We called it the official beer of fall. Fall weather. At the MVR. Fall weather. Because sometimes we get some Let's fall get weather in the spring. It. Still a great um, time to open up the beer. That's how, yeah. The, the spring sometimes is more like just alternating yep. uh, vanilla porters and uh, yeah. strawberry skies, you know. And uh, we want an Avalanche Ale type of mid-season. What did we agree was the spring beer? Strawberry Sky. No, that's the summer. Summer. Yeah, the Palisade Peach. Palisade Sorry. Peach. Yeah. There you go. Palisade Peach. You could also switch those if you really wanted to. Enjoy any yes. of those seasonal beers. We call them seasonal because we're having fun. You can have them year round. Enjoy a DMVR uh, Breck Avalanche Ale. Of course, that Colorado nice brown ale. Only Breck has it on the market anymore. And you're trying to find it. You know, we've got the, the legend Zvetis Love from Sombor proper in the chat. I don't Hell think yeah. it'll work for Zvetis Love in Sombor, but if you are in the uh, United States, My get on that grounds, beer locator. Exactly. Breckbrew.com to find a beer near you. And then we're very excited for a new partner, Circle K 
big Circle K guy over here, stop at the gas station, put in my phone number, get a little discount on some candy. Best coffee. That, best coffee. Best gas station coffee. Special edition Mountain Dew that they have. Rack up those points. Special edition Mountain Dew. What is it? Just a special can or is it a special flavor? No, it's a special flavor that what? only gets sold at Circle K. Is that What is it called? Uh, Do you remember? Thunder something. Yeah. All right. Thunder something. He's going yeah. to get yeah. something. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Adam's a big believer in a lot of good things, and then the the junky drinks he can't resist. I can't resist them, man. All at Circle K, where they also have the best coffee. In my older age, enjoying a good like corn nut—that's a snack you guys have here in this country, right? Yeah, new flavors so of that out recently there you, too. There you go. That's right. That's what Schwan Man will ask me. What do you like? Because he's big into the ranch ones. Just like a good classic, you know, a nice salty crunchy corn nut nothing like it for circle k they're the homies man they'll take care of you and uh yeah just just check them out go there fill up with gas and uh thanks to circle k for sponsoring dmvr visit the nearest circle k near you there you go do the shady rays one too yes shady rays look at these beautiful shades we have on set as i drop them look at that some real uh like Miami Vice vibes, you know? This is what Yoke, <laughs> after hurting one of the Morris twins, going to Miami, one of the Mori. trouncing the heat with none of them doing anything, and then going to a club in Miami. This is the vibe that that outing, This these glasses have that vibe. I actually love these. I hate that we use them as a prop on set all the time because uh, I would gladly just take these and... Uh, make them my own and they pair so nicely with my pins and aces it's very Don um, Johnson dude Shady Ray's insane deals I love companies like this that can give you that designer high-end quality the lens are outstanding they're actually really nice with these dumb camera lights but they give it to you at half the price because they are not you know trying they're they're not part of the the whole uh big big model big model deals that i was exposed to in milan no shady rays they've got you taken care of buy one get one free when you use code dmvr they're already like half the price of you what you'd pay for designer glasses now you cut that price in half on top of it using that code dmvr great styles great deals and then you know you lose them you break them they've got uh they've got you covered on that as well check them out use that code dmvr all righty, back here. Final segment. I'm excited. I want to start doing this on TDSP all the time because they're like general Love sports this. questions that are a little bit topical. Love this. My first one, Kale, bring it up. What do we got? What's the best giveaway you've ever gotten at a game? Oh, oh, oh. Now, this is the season of giveaways, you guys. Yeah. You go to a playoff game and there's like the what are we going to, what's it going to be? Are you going to yeah. get a towel? Or are you going to get this or that? Kale, I sent you a couple links. Can you go ahead and pull those up for me? The first one is the Nuggets' towel from game two of round one. Let's take a look at this uh -huh. one. What do we got here? Zoom in on that one so we can take a look. Now, here's the problem with the Nuggets. They always do the, ta the, the, the thing. They brought bring it in as a slogan, which I don't really love. Yeah. I just felt that's like a very soft, corporate-sounding slogan. It doesn't. It's not like bold. You're not telling like somebody, the other team's like, oh, you better be careful of coming into Ball Arena. Bring it in. <laughs> We're ready to bring it in, man. Like, I just, it's soft. And then the worst part is it says there's some sponsor under there. Like, like I think it's Western Union. And so... If you take this home in 10, 15 years, the Western Union just sticks out, man. I like the idea of novelty things. Let's go through a couple more real quick here. Uh, I, I sent you another one. The shirt from game one. 
again, looks a little corporate-y. Bring it in. And then yeah. it's got, again, Western Union. Like, all right. Is that a shirt you wear proudly around town? Mm. It's kind of like you put it on at the game, and you might not wear that again outside of the house. It's more a collector's item. But is it? It's like I, a again, lit, if it's a lit game. Do you pass you know? that on to your child? Or you're like, I was at yeah. game two, Nuggets, Wolves, and this shirt reminds me of that game every time I look at it. I just, to me, it feels more like a shirt you get at a festival for free because you signed up for a bank. Yeah, like, fair you know, enough. Something like that. Fair All right, what enough. else we got? Last one here. Or I got two more. Let's look at some other teams' giveaways. Uh, Gold-blooded. These ones, I believe, wow. designed by Ronnie Gold. They've been going with this this phrase, no sponsor. And again, designed by a local artist. I kind of like them, other Those than the fact sick. that they're yellow. Those are sick. And then last one. Did I send you another one or no, Kale? Just do the picture of the Suns one, because I think there's three pictures, and I think, yeah, look at that one. Again, no sponsor. Matt I Ishby, mean, a new owner, putting a kind of a cool, unique design that, to me, this looks like something you would give to your child in 20 sick. years and be like, look at this. This comes from a special moment of memory. So, all right, Dre, what's the best thing you've ever gotten? It doesn't have to be a playoff shirt. It could be something else, but what's the best giveaway you've ever gotten? I think it's probably a pom-pom for the watch parties here at the DMVR. Oh, it's us! Yeah, it's us! It. It's the us! DMVR. You know what? We should play do pom-pom. Those are dope, man. Next year's playoffs, our giveaways at the bar will surpass the ones that give it out by the I mean, Nuggets or Abs. We just... Established that the standard is pretty mid. The standard you know? is pretty low. Yeah. Pretty mid. Give yeah. out a signed rubber yeah. band. It might yeah. be a little bit better. Absolutely, absolutely. All I right. do think that's the best I've gotten though. AJ, do you have one? I was hopeful that this was the one you didn't think I was going to put brain power into. This is the one I thought this, you were going to hate. Yep. Because you're not a big on like little <laughs> sentimental items or knickknacks or whatever. No, dude, when I moved last year, I threw everything I owned away. I don't so, care. All right. Well, I'll carry this. I'll carry this question then. This, yeah, the when I was good. a child, I think everybody. I was born in 1984. I think everybody in born in 1984, 83 to 86, grew up around the same age where Matumbo was a player when you're about 10 years old. I got a Matumbo poster for going to one of the Nuggets games uh, that was life size. It actually wasn't. But it, you were supposed to hang it a certain amount from the ground, and uh -huh. then like you know, it would go up to seven feet or whatever. And I think every person I know, all of my friends, had that one in their bedroom growing up because everybody got it when That's you went to a game. Cool. And I think those things are actually important. This is yeah. why I knew you weren't going to like it, yeah. but I feel like they're important. That might be why I'm a Nuggets fan because I went to one game at ten years old, got a poster, and then that lingered. Right? I got a guy in my hanging up in my, on my wall. Man, you guys are really into it. All right. Well, <laughs> anyway, I think giveaways are cool. I think totems are cool. I mean, light the beam to me was the coolest thing that happened this year in the NBA. I just think no, those things. Not a light the beam. There's guy? no. You're anti light the beam. AJ, no, what lighting is this? the beam is cool. That's I'm not oh, about that. Okay, We're cool good. there. I was gonna say, what good, is this brand good, you have for yourself? All these, all these giveaways are just. I don't care, man. You don't think there's a young kid out there that if they gave away I, a, look, a, I think the, the pom poms at Abs games are cool when you, they do it all at the yeah. same time. It simulates yeah. an avalanche, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. It's just kind of the same thing every year, and you're just like, all right. If you're whatever. a kid and you got a, a an Abs me, sticker or something, if you got that like as an eight year old at your first Abs game, to me, it's mm -hmm. like. That's how you make a lifelong. You get a little hat or some dumb yeah. thing. And some towel I'm not saying don't do them. I'm just saying as me as a human being at this stage of my life, I don't care. I oh, mean, I care deeply. All right, what's number two? <laughs> Which pro sport has the best rivalries? 
Which one generates the best rivalries? Or does the best job of generating rivalries? I think rivalries? it's all of them. It's pro athletes versus common sense. <laughs> because you watch so many guys like John Moran try and throw everything away by being idiots. <laughs> impressive way to steer this one towards that. That's impressive. Well, because, I mean, uh, you're, talking about, you're talking about guys that go from usually not a lot of means growing up. And then having everything that you could possibly imagine financially... And then being an idiot and throwing it all away. Yeah. So many of the athletes do this stuff because right. they just can't handle that transition. So I think it's uh, I, for interesting me, rivalry. Athletes okay. versus common sense is number one for me. In the spirit of the question, though, Dre, which uh, which league <laughs> do you think uh, generates the best rivalry? I mean, here's the thing: Suns to me are a rival because of what happened a few years back. Yeah. But if you ask the average person, they like they're like, "What's the relationship?" Even Phoenix yeah, is yeah. like, oh, "Are you guys a rival?" Though maybe right. we'll be after this series, but right, it's not a good rivalry. And it is kind of like the personal rivalries is what drives sports now. It's not so much the team rivalries. Like yeah. I think in college you still have those team rivalries, but I'm trying to think. I think it used to be the NFL. I think we've moved into it being the NBA. You I think, think the, so. The beefs and the encore. Rivalries feel more Man. personal, might be more engaging. Like the NFL, we had Manning Brady. That felt like it mattered. Like I don't yeah. feel like Josh Allen Mahomes. And again, it's that it's was, like quarterbacks who don't play directly yeah, against each true. other, you know? Yeah. Like you can actually see like Kawhi and Durant, Stefan LeBron, like have to go at it, like guard a Col- pick and roll well, I mean, against each other. College yeah, football rivalries are like insane, but pro oh, yeah, football yeah, rivalries yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think have had a bad decade. Like I think they've lost a little luster. Yeah, AJ. So you can't, you can't when these guys meet up after the game and they exchange jerseys yeah, yeah. and they're mm-hmm. taking pictures with each mm-hmm. other and they're all yeah. buddy buddy. Get me out of here, man! It's hockey. <laughs> I'm sorry to be the hockey guy that comes in with the hockey take. It's not usually my shtick, but it's hockey. You in feel hockey, in a seven game series, there is a guy. I guarantee you, there is a guy on the other it team that you're up. like. I hate, I that, hate guy that guy so much. Forever. Yeah. yeah. There will be Avs fans who will never forget the name Will it, Borgen because of what it, he got away with in that series nicely. that just finished. A great rivalry will they, make you hate well, a, a, and, an entire city the way like I like Phoenix to be is yeah. this cultureless like, like place <laughs> that shouldn't exist. <laughs> I'm like, it's, <laughs> it's still it's still hockey because of the, they shake hands and you get a classic Dino Cicerelli quote after Avs Red Wings ninety six, which obviously is the extreme example. Yeah, it's the most yeah. extreme but example. Being, but of his I can't can't believe I shook that guy's friggin' hand. Yeah. Like the hatred doesn't end. You talked one of the things that the players and the coaches didn't like about the Edmonton bubble when they had the in the Toronto bubble was that during the postseason they would see these guys in the elevator after games and be like, "I hate that guy." Yeah. Like I don't want to ride the elevator with this guy. Here's the advantage. And there's though. no Jamal Murray taking a picture of of. Donovan Mitchell hanging well, out eating food. First and being of all, like, first of all, they were forced to live together, so and, it's a little <laughs> bit different. But it's, they were contained at Disney World. Well, and it was the same thing for the hockey bubbles, where yeah. they're all living in the same space. Yeah, it's a little. And different. you see them, but the hockey guys were like, "I hate these guys." You know the difference? I don't want to see them. Oh, here's the difference. I think there'd be better rivalries in football and basketball if the guys could literally fight each other during the game. Like yeah. If, if yeah, you allowed, like, if Jokic could just be like, you know what? I'm having a bad game. Get over here, DeAndre. Just go ahead and duke this one out. I think they would hate each other a little more. He's the yeah. perfect NBA player for that, too. I mean, it's great. It's one of the great things, but fighting isn't as big a deal in hockey it's anymore. Not, it's I reputationally, know. it's way it's way bigger, but also you like hit each other too, though. Like, right, but that's the thing, because you can feel that hatred. Yeah, yeah. Because they're allowed exactly. to do that. Yeah. 
They're allowed to they're allowed to go out there and they're allowed to smoke each other all series long, especially when this gets later in the series and officials stop calling stuff. The things that you get away. Sam Bennett got away with like wrapping up a dude, hog tying him, and suplexing him in a game last night. And they were like, it's a $2,500 fine. And now the entire city of Toronto will never forgive Sam Bennett. <laughs> never. Hockey rivalries just hit differently yeah. because they don't, you know, they go to center ice and they shake each other's hands and they go, oh, you know, great, like, great, whatever, congratulations, we'll see you, whatever, whatever. But it doesn't, there's no, like, we're going to change jerseys, you know, we're not going to work out together in the summer. There's there's none of this stuff. There's That coziness just isn't there. And it, it may, you know, you give it a month or whatever and those guys have the same trainer, they'll end up in the same space or whatever. But that love is just not there. In the hockey world, where think, yeah. you develop that hatred and that thing sticks. I think part of this is also there's a perfect a lot of money and a perfect a lot of fame in hockey for the guys to still care the way that they do. And people, I think, will be upset about this comment. But I do think that even in the NBA, the money is so much and the fame and opportunities are so much yeah. that it's not that they don't deserve it. I'm not. It's not one of these things. It's yeah. just you take a large enough sample, 500 people in the NBA, and you take a large amount of money, inevitably some of them are just going to fall out. They're just not going to care as much. And I do think that that's part of it with some of these rivalries you're talking about. These guys have bigger business together outside the court that they're same agent. We're all getting money at Nike. Right. We're Nike. You right. see this a lot of like, hey, man, that's Adidas fam over there. Like me and him are Adidas. It's like, no, you guys are blood rivals. <laughs> like, no, man, that's my guy. Sure. And, yeah. And it's like, hey. But that's why the individual do, rivalries move it a little more for me. But, yeah. you know, in the yeah. hockey playoff format lends itself a little more having those interdivisional matchups you would in think the so. first two rounds. But that's old. the thing, man. We haven't had like a yeah, really it hasn't great, really you know, like Penguins Oilers was or Penguins. um. Caps. Caps, you know, that was well, really that was, fun. That, that was, was about like, two superstars that just kept running into each other. Where, But that's what I'm saying. You that's need modern a foil, rivalries you know, the like, last 20 years. The yeah. storylines are yeah, all player-driven. each other a lot. Yeah. Yeah. We've lost a lot of that, like, team-on-team yeah. -team real hate, yeah. you, you look, know? You, you ask Avalanche fans, who's their biggest rivalry today? And you'll get five different answers. Yeah. There just isn't, there yep. isn't one yep. that sticks out. And postseason produces that. I will say, you know, the NBA with the individual stuff, I think, could be a lot of fun. Like... Look, I relish the idea of like a Miami Denver final where you're like, eh, be a good time. Like, oh, I would love it because the you, NBA you would be like, that, how like, did we get here? We I, had Knicks and Lakers. What happened? I, I love it because like you <laughs> would have vegetables. So you would get after every after the Nuggets sweep them too. You get to post that goofy ass picture of them standing outside the locker room oh, trying man, to look yeah. so that's, tough. That's funniest yeah, photo in the history of the NBA. All right, let's move it on. What's our next one? We got two more. I'm gonna cut the last one, Kel. Would Dude, you rather win a championship with a lovable star? or win two championships with an unlikable star. The reason I made it this way, because a lot of times you see this question as like not win it. Ooh. I think winning is always worth it. Would you rather win one with the guy that you're like, it's my all-time favorite athlete, I just love the guy, it's a favorite to root for, or win two, but you're kind of like, yeah, but I just never really liked him. I mean, man, it's, it's hard to say because it's easy to speak philosophically on a hypothetical like this. When in the moment, like sports fans are like addict levels of greedy, yeah, you know, like yeah. the second we get one, we're, we're on to the next. We just yeah. want more yeah. and Give it's me that just again. Like, satiate my need for wins and championships. Um, none of it's enough. I, that's like part of what drives us. So it's easy to say, 
But I do think the first scenario, like the lovable guy you've invested in and bought into, that payoff to win is way more rewarding than some guy you kind of hate, maybe some like journeyman superstar, like if KD came to the Nuggets. Like the ultimate And then you mercenary. win a couple, yeah, like. Well, I would say like this, if you win one with Jokic, or I could tell you you could trade Jokic for James Harden and you're gonna win two, and it's like, Man, because he, he he averages twenty eight free throws wanna, in the finals. I kind of want to fight you right now. Just, <laughs> just, like, exactly. just suggesting it. I'm like, I don't like this. Right, but, but it's two championships, right. AJ. It's two championships. Look, if I still get one with Jokic, if you're gonna, that's my choice. You'll do it. The ratio might be more give like me one, one to four. Just give me one. One to four. I mean, you it's need four like, James right, Harden like, championships. I'm just, it's one. not multiple titles. <laughs> it's like, do I want a dynasty? You know, to yeah. accept the dark side, or yeah, there is like a little bit of type it's of about dilemma. the friends you make along the yeah. way here. Because I mean, uh, the journey. So I'm, looking, I'm looking at the the wallpaper over here. Eric yeah. Johnson lifting a Stanley Cup worth. Yeah, I don't care how sad it ended for him in Colorado. Worth. Oh, somebody I like on this rewarding. has Peyton Manning versus Big Ben. That's a that's a pretty good example as well. Like, you know, would you rather get one from just the guy that sort of personifies your team, or one that you're kind of like. Ugh. Gotta overlook some stuff over here. Don't really care for him too much. I don't right, know. Right, right. I do think, man, Harden stands, and they do exist. Harden stands do have it rough, though, man, because there are a lot of like Houston guys that are just big Harden guys, and it's like you really have to put up with a lot of just like, man, this guy's it's not that lovable, man. Like, oh, it's a different, yeah, set of Even values. Even the drawn for sure, man. There's just so many games when you're like, it's such a weird brag to be like, oh, he fouled all you guys out. He, 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 you guys couldn't stop fouling him. That, it's just got, a weird. Got him. Got him. All right, <laughs> our last really one, the title setup. one, of course, is the big. What was the most satisfying revenge series in Denver sports history? By the way, the last question, because the Suns traded Mikael Bridges, who they loved, Cam Johnson, who they liked a lot, and you get KD, yeah, who's just yeah. not theirs. When KD, if he plays there for four years, I don't think he's going to retire a son. He, if okay. he wins a chip, if he, yeah, but he won two with a golden. St I mean, that's if, the he tough wins, if he brings a chip to Phoenix, he's one of theirs. Yeah, you're right because they hadn't Who done. Does they retire yeah. as though is an interesting it's, question. It's going to become yeah, a bigger he, and bigger deal in the future. As he's got three more teams to go. <laughs> I mean, he does for real. He does for real. All right, but this one right here, he, he laughs. He thinks I'm kidding. He's got three more. <laughs> yeah, Obviously, for us in Denver, it's funny because this series means more, I think, to Denver and Denver fans than it does to Phoenix and Phoenix fans. I think if Denver yeah, wins it, know. especially if they win it in four or five, right. Next time around, it's going to mean a lot to the Phoenix fans, too. Yeah. So this is but to me, it is very much a revenge series. This one would be would feel like revenge. But as I was going through, I was thinking about Denver sports history. There's not an awful lot. What do you come up with, AJ? Or I'm sorry, Andre. I think the one that really stands out above the rest is, you know, being the top team in the AFC in 96. Mike Shanahan's first year, right? It's Second year. Terrell Davis's breakout season as a rookie, losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars, like an upstart team. They were huge underdogs, so and devastating to be like the favorite in the AFC and not even win a game in the postseason. To me, it was the low point. Part of this was I was 14, so everything prior right. to that, I was right. young. But part of this was, to me, the low yeah. point where I was just like, we're never doing it. That this was, was my first right. sports heartbreak, yeah. and I yeah. didn't know how bad it was. Yeah. I didn't know how bad it was as a Broncos fan really? leading up to this. Right. Yeah. And when it happened, like I still can't get Natron means like out of my brain for the rest of my life. Like stupid yeah. Mark Brunel and 
Michael Dean I Perry. Know, I know. Dumbass Tom Coughlin. So then getting revenge that next year in the wild card run as they embark on that run to win the first Super Bowl in franchise history was a real cherry on top and a real like revenge well, game and, to kind of kick that The way it off. happened too, because it wasn't just, oh, they got revenge. You're talking that, that it was close at halftime. Right. And because they had that punt block return for a touchdown where the punt gets blocked and it lodges and whatever that guy's name was, it lodges in his arm and he just runs into the end zone. And you're like, <laughs> physically, how was that possible? <laughs> and you're like, this can't be happening again. It's a little oh like my the God. cracking in this ad series. It was, it was very much an, oh my God, oh my God, what is happening? Yeah. And, then, and then they blow the doors off. And I think that game finishes 42 to 17. And it finished with uh, Terrell Davis and Derek LaVille each had... 100 yards rushing, and Von Hebron almost got there, too. The clock ran out. AJ's recall is impressive. Yeah, it's like, insane. Like, <laughs> the clock ran out before that guy could get there. Otherwise, it would have happened. Yeah. Like, they bodied them. Yeah. And that was what was so cathartic about it is it was like, this is what last year should have been. Yeah. What else? What else have we come up with? Uh, we've come up with the AFC Championship on their way to Super Bowl 50. They beat the Patriots at mile high. Patriots kind of own, or the Broncos kind of own the Patriots, but, but for Manning, Peyton didn't. Manning yeah, yeah. beating Tom Brady and the defense kind of doing it for him, leading kinda, the way. You know the thing is though, an interesting revenge. This is game. the thing about that one is when Manning arrived, you kind of had the like Denver owns the Patriots, Manning owns or Brady owns Manning. Mm -hmm. So which powerful force is more powerful? But right, it was also like right. Manning's Colts owned the Broncos at the time. So, it was so like, there yeah. was this like yeah. weird power structure <laughs> where it was like, what happens when we combine these yeah. elements? <laughs> and the Broncos went out. Also beating the Patriots, just always special. Yeah, Glorious. Beating them in a, in a title yeah, game. And I mean, a when, you're game. when you're beating like one of the standard bears of the leagues the yeah. past decade to get into the final, that always means something. Yeah. And then we were talking the like regular season beatdown of the pay of the Ravens the year after the yeah. Raheem Moore Ravens debacle. Yeah. You um, go you go from that's a half to seven touchdowns and it was just kind of like, yeah, this all right. Feels better. But you know, it's like a whooping in the regular season to make up for yeah. a much more heartbreaking loss. Yeah. The like previous postseason. Dude, if if the Nuggets sweep the Suns and then the Suns beat the Nuggets on opening night and somebody says, Oh, we got our revenge, I'm like Exactly what? Exactly. <laughs> what? Thank you. Come on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's obviously not on the same level, but right. you are looking at it and you're like, look, you turn the page on the season right. and you're like, hey, this is what we have now. Come. And then I think you go back to the 70s, like the 77 run and beating the Raiders, who yeah. had kind of beat up on you for like almost two decades. Yeah. But, like had absolutely know. owned your franchise. I, 77. Yeah, 77. <laughs> it's a while ago. It's we, a while we ago. talked about. Nazem Kadri last year, and this yeah. is like a rivalry amongst a city, <laughs> I would say, but it still counts, man. Like that hat trick to me was revenge. It yeah. was revenge for commentary from a fan base. Yeah, I mean the the hate trick is great, right? And the it's, hate trick, and yeah, it's yeah, because I mean that's you know, yep, it's a good one. It's very cleverly named, yeah, perfect. Yeah. Uh, you're you're where you are. You're in St. Louis. You know, you're just getting death threats after the Bennington stuff in Game Three. Um, it's all Nazem Kadri's fault. He's dirty. He's this and that, and you know everything under the sun. And the entire city, you know, the uh, he's he's getting all kinds of of 
stuff like extracurricular. It's not hockey anymore. It's racial. Right. And uh, you know, his wife is posting about it on Instagram and it's it's ugly and yeah. it's hard to look at. And it's, you know, he's got they've got a police escort to the arena. Like you're talking about the works here. Like this is way, way beyond the sport. Right. But in the in the terms of the sport, Nazem Kadri can only control what he can control. And that's going out and playing hockey. And in game four, he goes out and he drops a hat trick on a team, takes a stranglehold on the series. It was swag, by the way. And, sw- and a swag heavy game from him. It wasn't just like yeah. an ugly hat trick. It was a swaggy one. It was I mean, all three goals are skill goals. Yep. And they were they were badass. It and, just felt like a guy rising to a moment yeah. to be yeah, like, well, and then you're the, not gonna get the to the me. Third I'm gonna one, get to you. The third one is not like, like you're like, this is over. This game is done. Kadri gets it. He throws the, he does the hat. So he throws the hat in celebration as he goes to the wall and he knows it. The city knows it. And it was like anybody but that guy. Go when you're home. in one of those anybody but that guy situations yeah. and that's the guy that beats you, it's the worst feeling in the world. And Kadri doing that to St. Louis last year, that's why the arch is still in my backyard. There you go. I love it. It's my it's my arch it's until St. Louis until St. Louis does something to earn it back. It's still my arch. It's great. They can come and visit it at any point. The the one that's still there is a hologram. I left them something because that's their whole identity. That and toasted ravioli, which I won't take from Gross. them, but I'll make. It's delicious. But the arch is in my backyard. Safekeeping. I love it. The only other one that we thought of, and it might actually in some ways be the best one, Carmelo Anthony leaving Denver just because he didn't want to be here and never winning again. The only win he has, I believe, against Denver, I believe came in the playoffs. Nuggets won the series, but they got one game in Denver in the mm-hmm. playoffs when he was with Portland in a bit role. But he went yeah. 10 years right. without getting a single right. regular season win, a single playoff, any of that. And then he ends up getting one in a playoffs that Denver won anyway. So yeah, to me, that's so incredible yeah. to think that Carmelo has never once really is. since leaving Pepsi Center at the time has never gone in there in the regular season and won a game. To me, that's like incredible. Yeah, somebody somebody did ask about Avs Red Wings uh, that rivalry, and and I'm not really including it in a revenge game or series yeah. because that went back and forth. Right. And the best the the two best moments of revenge, I guess, both belonged to Detroit. Right. So right. it was Colorado got to had to eat. Right, the wrong end of the of that of, of that rivalry, and we were talking about like old like, division rivals, like the Stars, Blackhawks, yeah. stuff uh, like stuff like wild. that. Is, if anything, we still need revenge on those yeah. moments. You There's, know, like, there is an inadequate amount of proper settled. revenge against <clears throat> Dallas and Minnesota, both in the postseason. The mellow one's an interesting one, um, but again, it's more an individual player. Yeah, and <laughs> I, I mean it's individual player, but it's against the whole. Like I still hate mellow. And it was because you he, do. He could you ever like him again? It, does he? Does he want? Yeah. Does he want to come back and be embraced by the fans? No, I mean he because wants. I think if that's important to him, I can get there. But if he's like, no, I'm cool. I don't need them. F you, man. Yeah. You stumped us one day. He could have been what Jokic is. He could have been the king of Denver. He could have been the king of Nuggets basketball. Mm. Now, I don't know that I, I don't know that he would have the team success, whatever, 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 but he had that on his plate. And he chose, he just said, I don't want it. Yeah. And fair enough, we all want what we want in life. He's allowed to feel that way, but I'm also allowed to say, all right, then get out. Yeah. Go enjoy a nothing career the rest of your career. 
Well, there it's he is. True. I'll forgive him when it's all said and done. I'm, he, ready. I'm ready to mend the if fence. He wants to come, if he to wants forget. to come back, man, I'll embrace that. I, yeah. I would be open to that. Yeah. But that has to be a two-way street. Come, you know what I'd I'm love? Not, I'm you know not letting I that. See? I want to see Mello wearing a Joker, num- a Joker jersey. Oh. You know what? Wearing a Joker jersey, that mending be, the fence. That you know would what? be the right move. 15's not mine anymore. It's yeah. ours. Oh, well, no, that and I'll tell you what. If they make the NBA Finals this year and that dude shows up to an NBA Final game courtside wearing a Jokic jersey... He's in forever. There you Mellow, go. Mellow, we get it. That's your path. That's your path, Mellow. He's in forever. He's in forever. He's the right he, he, comes back, he comes back like that. I'm, we're, we're good, man. But until he wants to mend that fence, I, I've lived most of my adult life with a broken fence. It's all good. Yeah. There you go. You had it. You heard it here, Mellow. You want our love and affection? Come grovel at That's our feet. We might grant it to you. That's right. <laughs> That's all it takes. Uh, guys, you're are a great you, panel. You mean to tell me if that dude showed up before game one of the NBA finals and he's wearing a Jokic jersey and they put him up on the Jumbotron, you think he'd get booed? Yeah. Really, you really think he'd get booed? Yeah. I, he would need to do some PR work before that. I, don't I think, think if he, he made a thing, if, if he yeah, he'd have to come do with an interview. He'd have to have some quotes. He'd have to be like, you know, Joker's my favorite team. Those fans, I'll never forget. You know, he'd have to even BS a little of, uh, you know, I do regret it. He doesn't have to believe it. But, you know, I do and always what, what, wonder. Yes. This is what I'm yes. saying. Yeah. He has to want that. Though. Yeah, yeah. He'd have to want some, and I would, I would love that. I think I'd be all about that, right, and I'd yeah. be like, welcome home, man. There you go. He's not going to do that though. He's not going to do that. Uh, it's all Athletes good, Athletes versus common sense. Full circle. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> He's AJ Hayfley. Check him out on the Avs podcast. Andre's always making money for us on the Bets pod. And then I'm uh, covering the Nuggets tonight. Game three, second round. Big one, baby. It's time. Big, big game. I'm going to be it's right time. back in this chair in just a couple hours. Everybody hit the like button for us. Thanks for hanging out on the Denver Sports Podcast.